Tanya for Yudala Tevis is the beginning of Perikid Beis. So as we have mentioned till now, was the Altarebbe has begun a uh, discussion on the outcome of the war after explaining the battle between the Nevesh Lakis and Nevesh Bahamas. And he explained the two extremes. In chapter 10, he explained the extreme of how the Tzaddik, the Nevesh Lakis, is victorious. In chapter 11, he explains how the other side, the Nevesh Bahamas, is more victorious. Now the Altarebbe moves on to the main the main body of, so to speak, of the Tani of Sefer Shalbanim, when he focuses on the Bainini. And the remaining chapters is primarily focused on the Bainini, and he highlights the uniqueness of the battle on the level of by the Bainini. Here in chapter 12, chapter 13 and 14, he's going to speak about more in detail how the Bainini, um, uh, how the battle, how the war affects the Bainini. So just a few quick introductory remarks, remarks about what the Altarebbe is going to explain. Firstly, when we describe a Bainini, so the Rebbe already points out that a Bainini doesn't necessarily mean a person as in his full lifetime is a Bainini. The concept of a Bainini is someone who's in a state of Bainini. And that's a very important point because Altarebbe is going to describe one of the characteristics of the Bainini is he never did an Aveda. So the Rebbe says it's obviously a problematic because if a Bainini is someone who never did an Aveda in his lifetime, so uh, then how is it ever possible for a person that, uh, that uh, who did do an Aveda, how is it ever possible for such a person to ever reach the level of a Bainini? And later the Alta Rebbe says that every person can reach the Matadeg of a Bainini. So therefore the Alta Rebbe, therefore, said, the Rebbe said, therefore explains that it, it doesn't mean literally that the person never did an Aveda, but it means when he's in a state of a Bainini, he can't do an Aveda, it's not shaykhs for him to do an Aveda, and he doesn't do any Avedas. In other words, a Bainini is a deep inner sense of truth, a deep inner feeling of the fact that you, you, you feel connected to something, you feel connected to the Abishra on a very deep level, and on that level it's impossible for you to feel that you could do anything against being connected to the Ebishter. Perhaps an example may be on, for some people, on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, uh, Yom Pagra, a birthday, something of special, unique connection where you feel a connection to, 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 to the Ebishter or something like that, or let's say in the presence, obviously, of the Reb in the oil or something like that, like the, 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 the Gemara sells the Yidin and the Kohanim of the Beis Amigdosh, that when you're in a certain space of Kedusha, it's it's really you just it's not shy. It's not possible for you to to be utilize for you to be involved in, in doing something wrong. So a bainini could reach a point. Every yid has the potential to reach this point, where it's as if Not that he never really did in actuality, but more in the in the current state that he is he's in. His hergishes, his feeling is, is that by him it's not possible for him to do an Aveda, and that in his mind it's not possible for him, the way he is now, that really what the Aveda he did in the past is not something which he relates to him as himself. It's something which is uh, not him. So the level of the Bainan is where the person reaches a certain state of uh, inner, it's almost, uh, you could call it the, 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 the perfection of the average person. In the sense of the fact that the average person has the ability to reach this level, this is the ultimate state of most peoples to reach the level of the Bainini. And, 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 and even in that, there's, there's stages and there's, there's, there's going to be different levels of Bainini. There's, the Altarab is going to highlight at least three different levels of Bainini, and each one in different extremes. It's sort of like we mentioned, there's extremes in Tzaddik and there's different extremes in, in Russia. So likewise in the Bainini, there's different Dargis, there's different extremes. And uh, in that itself, I don't know if the word is extremes, but different levels, in that in itself, there's uh, also the recognition that there's a certain 
continuous process of a person needing to stay within the state of Bainini, one doesn't actually ever really fully complete his mission of being a Bainini in the sense that he's made it. A Bainini is in a constant state of growth and in a constant state of development where he's constantly battling. And as Altarev is going to point out, that although the battle is continuous, it's constant on, 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 on almost on a day-to-day level, the Bainini still is struggling with his uh, Nefesh of Bahamas, and, he, and he's still going to have the Nefesh of Bahamas play a role in his life. He doesn't conquer his Nefesh of Bahamas, and to the extent that uh, it, 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 still, it still gives him a feeling and a push to do things that he shouldn't, but he has the control, the impulse control, of not doing he pushes away the, the thoughts and he doesn't actually act on any of the thoughts or, 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 or emotional wants and desires. As he said, as we said, he has impulse control to, to, to refrain from doing any of these things. In other words, the real power of his skafia is primarily the tool that the Benini uses is to be able to restrain and to withhold that urge, that temptation that impulse to do something that is negative, so in that sense, he could be constantly struggling, and this is actually an issue that a lot of people feel very much bothered by, because Altarev is going to say that that maybe the reason why the person the person has to recognize that maybe this is what the Ebesher wants from him, is to constantly be in a state of struggle. We would like to think in our modern age of being psycho-conscious, where we, we go to a therapist and they give us medication or they help us work out through our issues. So we like to think eventually the issue will go away and eventually we'll be fine and we'll be able to you know, overcome to the point that we will be rid of our issues, our traumas, our negativity, etc. But in reality, Al-Tadeva makes us very much aware that it's not true. There's a certain disposition that we have and there's a certain, there's a certain nature that we have, there's a certain state that we're all uh, part of, and in that state we, 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 we're constantly in a state of challenge. It may be that some days will be easier, some moments will be easier. As Altair will explain, let's say, when Abenini is davening, so he'll be maybe easier for him, he won't necessarily feel, he'll put the Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas to sleep. In other words, since he's so highly focused and highly motivated and highly driven and, 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 and connected to Hashem, so that at that stage, the Nefesh of Bahamas has no power in him. He, at that stage, he, he like sort of merges with the Darg of Tzaddik to some extent, to the point that he like conquers completely the Nefesh of Bahamas. But obviously, the Nefesh of Bahamas is not really conquered, because right after Tfildal, the Rebbe says he could go right back and having desires. And so sometimes you feel like you had a very good davening. You were totally focused on your davening. You had Pirsha Milos and deep Kavonis, and you felt so connected. And then right after davening, you're like, oh, I'm th- so hungry. I want to eat. I'm starving for breakfast. So that's the type of from the Nefesh of Bahamas. So we see that, and the Rebbe uses the expression, it's as if Kilolah his Klal. It'll be as if it's like completely he never davened. In other words, even all the the excitement and impetus and drive and passion that the person had during tefillah to completely subdued the Nefesh Bahamas all of a sudden is gone. So the person feels almost like this roller coaster, this like this 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 manic depressant, this this bipolarism, so to speak, of where he feels like on the one hand he's experiencing these great lofty levels during Davin, and then all of a sudden he drops to to, to having desires, and if a person gets confused, and it's a very difficult uh, thing to appreciate and to recognize. So the Al-Tadeb makes a person very much aware that the Bainini, this is the nature of the Bainini, this is what we're all up for, that we're up for this challenge of constantly having these moments of perhaps euphoric feelings of connection to Hashem and not wanting to do anything wrong, and then the Nefesh Bahamas could kick back in a few minutes later and make us want to do something wrong. We'll fight him, and we have enough inner will and enough we'll have enough objectivity to be able to overcome the challenge, but still, 
it, it, it's, 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 for lack of better words, it's quite annoying. It's, it's, it's quite uh, bothersome and, 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 and it, it's, it's sort of uh, it creates a negativity in itself. You're feeling like you're constantly struggling, constantly fighting the whole time. And that's why the Altarev is going to say that if you appreciate that this is what you're created for, if you realize that this is what Hashem wants, that when a person refrains, when a person refrains, every time they, a person refrains from doing something from having impulse control every time he holds back from from that impulse and uh, from doing that impulsive want the desire he's creating a euphoric excitement and tr bringing about tremendous light of godliness into this world so if he realizes that, that, that that's what he's accomplishing and at the end of the day that's the mission so true you're struggling so you feel like you know it's it's, it's hard but recognizing that within the struggle it's like when you work out in the gyms every time you lift another you know you do one more rep you know you're, you're, you're pushing up the, the dumbbells and you're doing the push-up so you do one more extra push-up so I it's hurtful and it's hurting you and it's you, know, you feel your muscles aching but you realize that every push-up you're doing the extra push-ups you're doing is making you stronger you're building more muscle whatever it may be so here every time you're fighting the Sahara, so maybe within the grand scheme of yourself you may not feel like you're moving too far because you're still going to be stuck even though the truth is is that every time you push away the Sahara, the Sahara eventually gives up to some extent and, and you get e it gets easier in some level but at the end of the day you'll still have Taibis, you'll still have the Nebuchadnezzar Hamas play a role in your life but in, in the cosmic effect and the fact of how it's affecting the world you're building, you're making mu the muscle stronger in the world so to speak so in your personal life you may not feel the massive change, but in the cosmic world you're changing. In the general purpose of creation of the Deed of Tachtainim, you're actually creating a major change by every time that you refrain and hold back. And that's what a person has to re realize, that objectively he's actually accomplishing a tremendous amount by refraining. I, in five minutes from now, or an hour from now, or in a day from now, or in a week from now, he may have the same struggle all over again. It makes no difference. The point is what he's accomplished right now is that he's created this strengthening of the muscles, this more power of God's light in this world. And then in a week from now, when he has the same struggle and fights the same struggle again, so he get to, may get demoralized and feel like, you know, I've been doing the struggle already for so long, like, when is it going to be enough? But if he recognizes objectively that this is what he's here for and this is what's the purpose in the world, and realizing that he's accomplishing his purpose this way, so then that will be the inner drive and impetus and, and, and motivation for a person to keep on fighting and keep on working. So at the end of the day, the Benini is up for a hard task. He, he actually feels so connected. He doesn't want to fall. He doesn't want to give in to the Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas. But at the same time, they may create certain negative feelings because of the fact that he feels like this is a constant ongoing struggle. And we would like to think that we don't have to deal with the struggle all the time. Now, the Rebbe, therefore, is going to have to give the motivation for the Nebuchadnezzar Bahamas, for, for, for the... For the they need to recognize that this is something which is part of the process of what Hashem wants, and if we're thinking about it from Avishar's perspective, this is what Avishar wants. But in today's Tanya, primarily the Altarev is just going to lay out a very basic understanding of what the Bainini is and how he how how his interplay between his Nevisha Bahamas and Nevisha Elakis works. He primarily allows for the Nevisha Elakis to take control in the sense that he controls his three major um, Expressional for, for faculties, the Machshavah Dibramaisa's abilities, the way he, he takes in from the world, the way he perceives the world, the way he thinks and speaks, and the way he acts, and the way he reacts into the world. So, those things he's in control of, his inner internal intellectual and emotions, he doesn't necessarily have so much of the power of control in, in that sense. He only has the power to shut down the emotion, to suppress the emotion, to suppress the thought. That he does have the power. There is a mimer of the Rebbe by Yishlach Yishu where he explains that. It, 
At the same time, every yid still has, on some level, the ability to actually impact on an internal level as the emotions as well to transform them. And that is something that we're capable of doing, even though here in Tani it sounds like we don't really have the ability. But that's for perhaps on another on another occasion to discuss how it's possible maybe even to control the emotions. But at the point, the point here that Alter is saying is that the person's not going to be able to overcome the emotion. The emotion will still be there, but at the same time meaning the, 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 the temptation, the emotional, the impulsive reaction of the Nefshah of, of, of the Nefshah Bahamas will be there, but he'll have the control to be able to stop it from actually imp- implementing any of its wants into, in action. Says, not so strong. So he doesn't say that the Nefshah Kiss wins or the Nefshah Bahamas wins. He just says the Ra is not so powerful to actually conquer this small city, this Slavish Begufalachti, to actually get his forces, so to speak, into the body to actually sin. That means the Ra is there, but it's not that powerful to actually affect the, the body to, that, to make the guf to an Aveda Pel Mamish. It needs the guf, as we mentioned many times, it needs the physical body to actually do its desires, to actually fulfill its what wishes. And here, it doesn't have the, enough power by the Bainini to actually implement what it wants, and therefore the guf itself never is utilized for sin. I know what does it mean by the guf? It means the three garments of the soul, of the animalistic soul, the body, what we're referring to is the thought, speech, and actions. What is primarily the body? In which way is the body the vehicle to, to allow for the will of the Nefesh Kiss or the Nefesh Bahamas to play out is in thought, speech, and action. That is the body, that is the physical, that's the way the, the, the subconscious world relates to the conscious world. It's the way our inner self connects to the outer self, to the action, to the world outside of us. That, those, those garments that create the, 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 this connection between the inner world to the outer world is Machshavah Dibra And the soul for itself doesn't have the ability to do anything. It needs the Machshavah Dibra which Al-Taleb is defining here as the body. It needs the body in order for there to be this Pe'el uh, Mamish. So this Machshavah Dibra is something which the Nefshah Bahamas does not have the power to actually impose the, the, the one that comes inside a klipa is doesn't have the power to power over the nefshal kiss to actually affect the body in the mind or the mouth or the other 248 limbs to cause them to sin or to impurify them. The Bainini has the power of the three Levushi Hanefesh Halakis. That means that his, the, his thoughts, speech, and actions are primarily going to be focused of on the keeping of Teira Mitzvah. So, in other words, externally, the Bainini is perfect. He, he, every thought that is negative, he right away pushes, suppresses, and pushes away. Every word he utters is only Teira Mitzvah, is only Ketusha. Every action he does is only. In, in, in connection with halach and teira mitzvahs. So he's perfect, so to speak, externally. A person observing him from an external perspective sees him only doing good. Internally, there could be a major war battle raging, and there is a major war, battle raging. But externally, the way someone will, who will observe the Bainini, it seems like he doesn't have anything. That's why the Al-Talib will explain later. This is why the Rabbah, as the Al-Talib asked in chapter 1, Abad Rabbah says, I'm like a Bainini. Why? Because it's sort of confusing. Because externally, it seems like it's the same thing as a tzaddik. Never sins, as Al-Talib is going to say in a moment. 
never actually does anything wrong. So therefore, externally, it seems like he's mamish a tzaddik. But the difference is the internal structure and whether there's a battle or not. By the tzaddik, there's no battle. In fact, on the contrary, his nefesh Bahamas, to some extent, has been, com- has been completely transformed to, to the nefesh kiss. Depending on tzaddik gomer, tzaddik shemek gomer, mashenk. And here, the bainini externally is taka perfect, but internally, there's actually a major war going on. That's what Al-Tarebi here says. Externally, the Machshav David Amais is that of the Nefshel Kis. They, they, they take over the body. They take over and they conquer. The Nefshel Kis is powerful enough to implement and system in the external aspect. One could ask a very basic question here, and that is seemingly, if the person's internal side is, is actually more focused on the Nefshel Bahamas, the Nefshel Bahamas is much stronger eternally, so how is it that externally he could actually empower, be empowered by the Nefshel Kis? One would think that the internal system should impact the external system. And the answer is because at the end of the day, the Nefshel Kiz is really higher and much more powerful. And the Nefshel Kiz comes from a the source of Etzem, as we explained in chapter 2 of Tanya. And therefore, in Pil Mamish, in action, the Nefshel Kiz is always going to be stronger. When I want something, the Ratzin, the, of the will of a Yid, could be more powerful than the type of the Nefshel Bahamas. So even though my internal structure seems to be completely, there's a certain like cognitive dissonance, but even with the cognitive dissidents, the power of the Nefshel Kis is so much more powerful because it comes from a higher source. And Al-Tanab is really going to say soon that that really, even with that power, David should constantly has to be on the side of the Debenini to have the Nefshel Kis have his light shine to able to be in control. Because really, in truth, really, because the internal structure is actually quite vulnerable, because it's pr- primarily controlled by the Nefshel Bahamas, it would seem that, on the contrary, it should fall. The fact that it doesn't fall is only because, number one, it has the powers of the Nefshel Kis, which is coming from Etzem, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the Gemara says, and because of the fact he has the Eir HaShem that it gives him the power to withstand the inner struggle. So he's sort of fighting himself the whole time, at least fighting an internal self that he relates to consciously. Obviously, on the deeper level, that's his real will, is what he's doing externally. So the cognitive dissonance may be only in his conscious mind, not in his real deep Superconscious mind. Either way, that's what Al Rebbe describes the difference between the external self and the internal self. Furthermore, another element is of the Bainini's Yom. If he never did an Aveda, as we explained before, it doesn't mean actually never did an Aveda. He will never do an Aveda. Al-Tarebbe goes very extreme. He was never called a Rasha even for a moment, even for a second. I mean, it was never a thought that entered his mind, seemingly, that he could have been called a Rasha for that thought. As we mentioned last time, there's certain thoughts that just the thought itself could be considered you called a Rasha. What's going on internally? Internally, the essence of the Nefshel Akiz with its ten faculties, they don't have the full control in the body, in the, in the person inside. Only at certain times, does even the inner faculties of the Nefshel Akis went over, the time of davening the Tvila, since this is a time of Shas Moich and the Godless, the concept of Moich and the Godless is a concept explained in the Chassidus at length elsewhere, which basically means that there's a certain great expansiveness above. It's the Zman of Tvil and Kriyashma is when Lamaila, there's a tremendous Eserotzim, as is explained, that there's a tremendous elevation that takes place Lamaila, and therefore even for us down here we could connect to very deep levels of Elikus at the time of Kriyashma and Davening. So since there's such a great expansiveness of Moichnas, like a great mind, a person who has a great mind, when he's in his deep 
creative mind, deep analytical mind. His, his mind is so open and ideas are, are coming in fl a flood of concepts and connections he's making. New ideas, new ahas, new theories are developing. So he's, there's a constant, and through that constant flow, there's a removal from anything physical. He completely disconnects from any need to eat or to drink or so on and so forth, as we mentioned in the previous class. Likewise here, by davening and, 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 and learning, and by Krishna, since it's an Eisratzalamayla, because it's a shatz of, of Meichen the Godless, in that state of Meichen the Godless, the nefesh, even the Bainan, he could be caught up, so to speak, in this great focus and euphoric moment, so to speak, of revelation of Elikus, the great expansiveness, expansiveness of the mind, that then, even internally, his structure is that there's no battle. That during davening, there's no battle, even internally, and he's completely given over and driven only by godly things and only what God wants, only to do Teir Amitzis itself. The godless Lamayel of the Gamlamati Shasa Kesha Lukhaladam, because at that time, the godless is an opportune time for any person, because then his mind, just like Lamayla, the Moichin is expanded, so too Lamata in the, in the person, in the, lower, in the lower realms, meaning the person down here, us in this physical realm, our minds are also open and more capable and more expand, expanded to be able to comprehend to awaken. Uh, through deep meditation, to awaken this tremendous fiery passionate love, which we described in chapter 9, which the Al-Tarebbe there explained that how the Nefshel kiss feels first by meditating on the greatness of God and then stirring up an emotional connection to God. In his right vertical of his heart, to connect to God from this tremendous love. So, although Although seemingly this, this is uh, something which sounds very lofty, but in truth is every day at the time of Kodesh Mantvila, every person could ascend, his mind could be open. There could be a transformation, there could be a transcendency, because Lamaila there's this open transcendency, where the brain, so to speak, the intellectual mind is open, so to Lamata, the intellectual capacity of the person is available to be open to the, and in tune of the God, and to be able to meditate deeper into the, and focus deeper into the godless of Hashem, and be able to think about greatness of the greatness of the Abishir, that will implement that will impact the heart, that the heart now will actually feel the internal emotional structure will also feel wanting to fully be connected to Hashem. And as we gave the marshal before, if the person who is so involved and gross in intellectual idea, or, or like when a person is fully thinking about their loved one, and, and there's a moment of where there's such clarity and such expansive thoughts going on, it automatically transforms any, any struggles they have to be connected to their loved one, it automatically makes them feel connected. And that's what happens here. And this is also the concept why the Kriyashma itself is Menatayda. The Brachas of Kriyashma, the Brachas before and after are Midrabanon, which are They're only a preparation for Kriyashma, as Al-Tareb will explain later. Why do we make Brachas before Kriyashma? Because at that point, it prepares the person, it's the meditational process. The Birchas Kriyashma is the meditational process that allows the person to get into this highly focused intellectual sense of God. And and through that, stimulate his emotional connection to feel connected to God. Oz, and at that time, since he's so highly focused intellectually, and it stimulates his emotions to be, to be fully connected to God, so then, so then he becomes like, so to speak, like the tzaddik, as we explained in chapter 9, the tzaddik who makes the Ra be completely um, to be completely suppressed to the good. But then right after he's finishing davening, once this great euphoric 
expansiveness of the infinite wisdom of God, the infinite revelations of God, so to speak, disappear, are, are removed back to their deeper conscious state, they're no more open to our consciousness, then the, 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 the internal structure of the person becomes again mixed together with the left heart, side of the heart, the person again starts feeling the pleasures of the physical world. So there is moments that a baby could connect to like a level of a tzaddik, even internally. Where there's the time, where there's the opportune time of davening, where there's the shas shas the godless, when there's a great expansiveness of the greatness of the red, there's an, there's an accessibility to, to, to tap into this great awareness of God. But after davening, when that the window of opportunity closes up, so then the person reverts back to the way it is, which is the struggle that he has internally with the, with, with the Nebuchadnezzar. So what we have over here is that externally he's always a tzaddik, meaning he's always doing the right thing. Internally, he's struggling mightily. But even that, during davening, there's times where he can overcome that struggle and actually feel like even internally there's no cognitive dissonance, there's no struggle, there's just his want to be connected to God.